What's happening, hardscapers? This is episode 213 of the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And on today's episode, I am just going to be digesting what our last two episodes have been about with Jim Houston, and that was talking about the five stages of growth, which we'll touch on slightly, but then get into the analysis of overhead recovery systems, which we talked about last week on the show. So if you haven't listened to those two episodes, I highly suggest that you do. These were excellent episodes and something that's just been on my mind for quite some time now that I've been wanting to get as many people's viewpoints as possible, especially as we develop and grow the How to Hardscape headquarters software. If you haven't heard about that, that's where you can budget estimate and streamline processes in your business so if you're interested in that there's going to be a link in the show notes or just shoot me a message on instagram whatever works best for you at how to hardscape but before we get into today's episode i want to thank our sponsors cycle cpa if you need bookkeeping accounting cfo services reach out to cycle cpa at cyclecpa.com let them know how to hardscape sent you for 200 off their services there as well as gps track it if you are looking for gps tracking in your landscaping business business, reach out to GPS track it at gpstrackit.com slash how to hardscape and in light outdoor lighting. If you are looking to add services to your business, I highly recommend lighting outdoor low voltage lighting in your hardscape. So reach out to Inlight Design on Instagram, at least for some inspiration from their feed there, but also to get that conversation started to start to add outdoor lighting to your hardscaping business. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Back in 2019, I started the How to Hardscape podcast, and I actually started this back in the beginning of 2019 with a website. And with that, I I tried to leverage my skills as a content writer and knowing a little bit about SEO to get a head start with articles. And when I was trying to decide which articles to write, I went to a conference that was talking about a specific project and a guest speaker came up to talk about how they estimate their projects and they put up their whole Excel file worksheet on a projector and talked about a little bit about how they price certain projects a different way and everything like that. And at that point, I saw almost everybody in the room filled with contractors take out their phones and start to take pictures of this Excel document with the pricing. And it hit me that, you know what? The best way that I could possibly bring value to the How to Hardscape website as well as the podcast would be to talk about pricing. And it's something that if I am good at anything beyond being in the field, it is definitely understanding and knowing pricing and uh, overhead recovery systems and being able to come about a roundabout number that is going to not only recover your overhead, recover your material costs, recover your labor, but also to ensure that you're making a profit at the end of the day on this. And that is where I developed the budget and estimate spreadsheet. 
And the way that spreadsheet worked was you just inputted your overhead expenses for the year or it calculated them for the year for you. You inputted your material catalog. You could choose on drop downs, which materials you add to a project and your labor costs as well worked the same way. And then it came to a point where you could add certain percentages, marks ups on everything there. So we had an amazing response to this spreadsheet over the two, three years that it was on the market. And I tried to develop that spreadsheet over the years and it got to a point where the next step in the process of upgrading the spreadsheet was to implement time tracking, time sheets for employees, but it just wasn't a viable option to have that in an Excel file or in a spreadsheet. So we developed the How to Hardscape headquarters to help us with this further development. So now you can't get the spreadsheet, but you can definitely sign up for the software. And what the software is going to help you to do is budgeting, estimating from that budgeting, and be able to keep track of uh, numerous things within your business. There's a lot of things that we're working on to be able to do that and provide reports on your budgeting and to be able to send you notifications on when you should revisit your budget. But we've also got other features like time tracking, time sheets, scheduling, rolling out, and these features are gonna continue to compound upon themselves. And the best time to sign up for the software is before new features are rolled out and the price increases. Because when you sign up, you're locked in on your pricing. So essentially you're getting in before all of the features that we will eventually have are coming out, but we'll continuously continue to improve this software anyways. But as more features do get released, the price will increase. And when you sign up, you're locking in your pricing on that. But with that being said, I over the years have digested and spoken to a lot of experts in the field of pricing and overhead recovery systems, which had me thinking about how I was going to incorporate these overhead recovery systems into this software to ensure that we're covering our bases with everybody. And the one thing that had me scratching my head the most was the reliance on Moore's or the multiple overhead recovery system or really the single overhead recovery system what Jim Houston called the dual overhead recovery system and other overhead recovery systems such as factoring which was what Jim Houston calls it which is essentially multiplying uh, your materials by a certain amount and that's what you're going to be charging or things like square footage pricing would also fall under that factoring category which we never recommend to do with any overhead recovery systems there are going to be pros and cons to them and as Jeffrey Scott talked about a few episodes ago, is that you can choose an overhead recovery system that works best for you. The importance of choosing an overhead recovery system and sticking to it is knowing why you're choosing that overhead recovery system. So I thought I would take this episode to talk about my own business as well as I think most businesses out there in the green industry and why I use the overhead recovery system that I use in my business. And I also promote through the How to Hardscape headquarters software. Perhaps it's a best place to start with the factoring or using square footage pricing. The obvious pro to this is that you're going to get your 
estimates out faster in in this economy where we are at it does seem that the sooner you can get out your estimates the sooner that you can get that to a client the better and this would be the easiest way to go about that the downside to this is not necessarily knowing exactly what you are charging for so in this case you would be taking just a square foot price or your materials and just adding a multiple on top of it so your materials times three or times four or the square footage times a certain square footage rate and by doing this you're not knowing what you're charging for your labor which is a crucial part of estimating and getting better in your estimating is knowing what you're charging for materials for labor for overhead recovery and for your profit and what the profit is so that you can go back at the end of the project and be able to job cost these things be able to see where you went right in the estimate where you went wrong in the estimate and to be able to update your overhead recovery system or be able to update your estimating to be able to ensure that the next project that you do you're quoting and estimating a little bit better for that because if you get carried away with this factoring method you can definitely get lost and not know what you're making on projects and perhaps your labor was a little bit off on that previous project but you wouldn't necessarily know that with factoring because you're not breaking down these different areas and being able to compare them to what actually happens in the field so with factoring what you are doing is the only thing that you're calculating correctly is your materials and then you're adding a multiple on top of that or even worse is adding a square foot pricing to your projects and you're not necessarily taking into factor the different aspects of every single job, whether that's the access, whether it is a long distance from the curb to the backyard where you're excavating or all these different variances between projects that we are quoting and estimating. Really, the only way to use factoring is for markups or your sales tax at the end of quoting your projects so in terms of factoring we do not recommend this it is the fastest way to get estimates out the door it's also the fastest way to not know what's going on in your business between the office and estimating projects and then into the field and being able to complete projects and go back and see what went right what went wrong and to update your estimating process single overhead recovery system works very similar to this where you come up with a percentage that you're marking up everything in terms of those direct costs to recover your overhead and much like being able to factor in your materials times a multiple this just doesn't take into factor the variances between materials labor and being able to put a multiple on top of both of them just doesn't sit well with knowing that materials don't require a lot of management over versus labor which does require a lot of oversight and logistics and planning that goes into that as well as inefficiencies with labor and being able to mark up labor separately from what you would mark up materials and then even within materials there's going to be different markups between say plant products that you need to warranty that could die and you want to add a higher markup to those versus hardscape materials which won't die and the only thing that you need to be able to figure out logistically is how you're going to get them to the job site and being able to order them 
and there's a very few that are hopefully very few that are cracked when they do show up to the job site which requires you to replace those or to be able to order new ones so there's definitely different markups that i recommend between just materials alone but also the difference in markups between labor and materials. So this is why the single overhead recovery system, I would not recommend for that. Kind of similar to factoring and being able to provide a multiple that you would mark up your direct costs, your direct costs being materials and labor for that. Which brings me to multiple overhead recovery system because this would be seen as the next step beyond single overhead recovery system to be able to assign certain percentages to these various direct costs of a job to be able to recover your overhead. And Jim Houston in the last episode talked about how their percentages for each of these different categories being materials, labor, subcontractors, the percentages assigned to them are just random. Something like 5%, 10%, 25% or whatever that might be to be able to carry those costs and mark up those costs over to your overhead recovery. So for example, materials might get a 10% markup and that 10% markup carries over to recover a little bit of your overhead and uh, labor might get a 25% markup and that 25% markup carries over to recover your overhead. And Jim Houston's argument is that these percentages are just pulled out of midair. And if you have the chance and opportunity, uh, there is a book by Jim Houston on the multiple overhead recovery system analysis, as well as I believe these other overhead recovery systems. But also Charles Vanderkoy also had a book on pricing hardscape projects or interlocking concrete pavement or whatever hardscape projects that he talks about in that book. And it was an excellent book when I first bought it to be able to read through. And uh, I know that Jim Houston used to work for Charles Vanderkoy as well. So he was very familiar with that system. But assigning random percentages without knowing what those percentages mean to the rest of your business and whether or not you're recovering your overhead uh, just did not not sit well, obviously, with Jim Houston, which is why he developed his book on the analysis of Moore's. Uh, I know that with some softwares that promote multiple overhead recovery systems, do create percentages based on your budget to be able to recover overhead within your budget. I just want to take a break from today's episode to talk about our sponsor, Cycle CPA. You may have a CRM or project management software in place, but what data are you using to ensure your estimating is accurate? Having a proper accounting setup and accurate bookkeeping done is key to understanding overhead expenses and other costs that must be recouped in your estimates. Cycle CPA is a remote bookkeeping and CFO firm that helps to connect the dots from the financial reports to the hardscape and landscape data needed in order to reach high profits. They provide landscape and hardscape industry benchmarking, job costing financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA's team of accountants are specialized within the hardscape and landscape industry, and you can visit them at cyclecpa.com and for $200 off, mention the How to Hardscape podcast. Now back to our episode. Now, this is where I find it difficult, and especially me and my business find it difficult 
to lean on this system for to be able to provide me with my percentages that I'm going to mark up my materials, mark up my labor and mark up what uh, my subcontractors for this to be able to recover my overhead. And this is because my business, no two projects are the same. And I would say that for, I would assume most of our businesses in this industry, no two projects are the same, but especially in my business, we started as a hardscape maintenance business or a lift and relay uh, business, and we still hold on to a little bit of that business. And even though we've kind of transitioned to more of a design build business, we still hold on to that lift and relay. So just comparing those two different types of projects, a lift and relay business will require a little bit more labor, but much less materials as opposed to a design build business will require a lot more materials and a little bit less labor than that of a lift and relay. Uh, talking about percentages and not really the hours put into that though. And that's because a lift and relay, you're actually physically having to lift up those pavers, clean them, palletize them, and then eventually put them back down. Whereas a design build business, if there's anything existing there, you're just tearing it out, disposing of it. And that's usually machine work, which is why labor is a little bit less not in terms of hours, but in terms of percentages at that stage of the process. And then materials are much less for lift and relay because you're reusing those materials, whereas a design build, you are purchasing and installing brand new materials for this. So if I was to use the multiple overhead recovery system, I would need to create a budget that includes the projected amount of materials in a dollar amount that I would be using for the season or for a quarter or for whatever I'm budgeting for. Now, the problem with that is in my business, we're typically booking out two to three months. And especially when the economy is not exactly in the spot that it's been for the past few years, we're down to about one, two months booking out. And we cannot project what types of projects are going to be coming in and what types of projects that we are going to be taking on. When the economy is really good, and especially for the past few years, we could project that a little bit better for our business because we had a large pipeline and we could pick and choose what types of projects we wanted to take on for this. However, that's not going to be always the case. So if we need to set a material cost that we are going to incur for that quarter, for that season, whatever it might be, I can't sit down and accurately decide what my materials are going to be for that season. I could say that we are going to do 100% design build and then in the coming months sign up a bunch of lift and relays and then my material budget is way out of whack because I've budgeted for a bunch of materials to be showing up there and I'm counting on my multiple overhead recovery system percentage to be able to recover some of those materials in my project to then cover my overhead and being able to do that just does not recoup the overhead that I would want to because if I budgeted $100,000 worth of materials in the first quarter or whatever it might be in my business and I'm expecting a markup percentage on that $100,000 to help me recover my overhead but then I sign up a bunch of lift and relays which is more like $1,000 worth of materials for that same time period and I'm carrying over that markup percentage 
to those $1,000 of materials versus the $100,000, I'm losing out on a lot of money to recover my overhead. Now this is a very specific example for this and a more drastic example of say a design build business that also does lift and relay. But even within a lot of businesses that I have talked to or I have seen, you may do a big design build project and then go over and do a drainage project the next project. And even those materials are going to be very, very different. And then even if you only do design build projects, one project might require a lot more labor because you are having to do a project with tight access or do a project where the run from the curb to the backyard is twice as long as the previous project that you did. So there's more labor that goes into that as opposed to materials where the percentages are different, but the material costs would be the same. This is where the multiple overhead recovery system I think falls flat for me and trying to wrap my head around how I can use these percentages to recover my overhead. Now, the positive thing or the pro from this maybe that I could wrap my head around besides the con being that it just complicates things. It requires me to budget the exact dollar amount of my materials for this and to somehow also budget the amount of subcontractor dollar amount that I need to be using because it's gonna use those percentages to recover my overhead. The pro to this would be if I live in a state where the sales tax is different from labor to materials and I can assign my overhead through materials, labor, subcontractors and whatever else I might want to assign that overhead to, that would help me bring down the amount of sales tax that I'll be charging. Say if I only charge sales tax on labor, I can assign some of that overhead recovery to materials as opposed to just assigning it to labor, which we'll talk about the labor rate overhead recovery system next. But that is the only way, the only positive that I can wrap my head around this multiple overhead recovery system really helping is if I want to be super competitive in the market and I can charge a smaller sales tax for the project as a whole by spreading that overhead recovery through my materials, through my labor and through my subcontractors, I can help to reduce that total estimate very slightly for this. As opposed to the labor overhead recovery, where it is all my overhead recovery is just being assigned to labor. Now really when you get into multiple overhead recovery system, and um, other overhead recovery systems like it, like single overhead recovery, dual overhead recovery, this is more so just a more complicated way to go about factoring, in my opinion. And I know that Jim Houston also talked about this as well, that it is just a more complicated system to have to wrap your brain around to be able to just factor at the end of it because you're just factoring you're just adding a multiple on top of labor materials and subcontractors and as jim houston said these percentages that you're adding markups to are just pull it out of mid-air but i do know some softwares help you to refine those percentage markups but they're still based on a budgeted amount that you may fall short on or may go over on such as materials because every single project is not going to be the same every project is not going to have the same percentage of materials for your project i want to interrupt this episode to talk to you about gps track it 
When it comes to running a landscaping business, the question isn't what do you do, but what don't you do? If it's not a customer that needs your attention, it's one of your drivers or one of your vehicles. But you already know that GPS Track It exists to help you know more than what you already know, like the most efficient routes to maximize your service potential, like whether or not your vehicles and crews are where they're supposed to be like how to save unnecessary fuel costs and other costs. And we're gonna be covering the benefits of GPS tracking in the future on this podcast. So we're gonna continue with the benefits of GPS tracking, but we'll let our fleet advisors give you the full picture. Call 866-693-1291 or go to gpstrackit.com slash how to hardscape. Once again, that's 866-693-1291 or go to gpstrackit.com slash how to hardscape. Link will be in the show notes. So how do I go about creating an estimate or what overhead recovery system do I use? And I've kind of pulled different various systems and also added on top of them to be able to come about how I use my software and before that the spreadsheet to be able to charge an accurate amount for my overhead and it's a very simple system it's more so like a modified labor rate or labor overhead recovery system for this and the best thing about this is that it's extremely simple and it is something that anybody can pick up right away. You don't have to get into budgeting the perfect dollar amount for materials and you don't need to get into knowing what these different percentages are that you're marking up on labor materials, subcontractor, whatnot. This is just the most simple version of recovering your overhead that I've come across as well as the most accurate without adding more complicated tasks on top of it. And what we do is we set the amount of hours that we're going to work in the season. So that would be weeks of the year multiplied by days of the week that you work multiplied by hours of the day that you work to give you your total hours that you have to recoup your overhead. Now you could spread this out further by multiplying it by the number of employees that you have in your business that are in the field producing that labor. For example, if in my season I have 1600 hours to recoup my overhead, I could multiply that by the number of employees that are in the field producing that labor, 1600 times five employees or whatever that might look like. But you can also do it by crew. And I tend to fall more to the crew multiple for this. And this is because employees change more than crews change in most businesses. So you might uh, lose an employee one week, gain two employees the next week, lose another one, the uh, in a month whatever that might look like in your business and with the difficulty of holding labor but for the most part your crews are not going to change so if you do lose one employee you likely still will have two crews or one crew or whatever number of crews that you may have so there's a, a fork there that you can go down with this labor overhead recovery system to decide if you're going to recoup your overhead by crew or if you're going to recoup your overhead by employee I also like the crew method because crew recovery is going to be more consistent than the employee labor overhead recovery because each 
laborer or each field person that's producing labor is going to have different efficiencies to go about them. So not every crew member is going to be as efficient as one another. However, most crews, when you compare crew A to crew B, will be about as efficient as one another in recovering that overhead, in producing those labor hours to complete a project. So just to break that down, employee A, B, C, employee A may be the foreman who is much more efficient and effective at producing labor and uh, completing a project than employee B. And employee C may be a completely new hire that requires a lot of work to train up. However, Crew A, B, and C will likely have a mesh or a mold of those three employees throughout. And so when I'm comparing uh, crew A to crew B to crew C, they're likely much more consistent at the amount of labor that they are producing for that project. Whereas if I go into each crew, employee A, B, and C will have a much wider efficiency for each of them in the labor that they are producing in the field. Now, once I've got the amount of hours that I have to recoup my overhead, I need to decide on the amount of overhead that I have. And that gets into adding in all everything that comes out of your business, everything that your business is spending and the money is going out. That is where you need to factor in all of this overhead. And personally, I incorporate equipment into overhead. The reason why you would not do that was discussed with Jim Houston. But I still kind of differ on this for uh, being able to budget my overhead. And the reason why I kind of differ on this is because if you separate equipment from overhead and let's say you have a piece of equipment that you use once a week, but you have a finance amount that you need to make payments each month for this piece of equipment. One, if you are using the method of separating equipment from overhead expenses, you need to assign that a piece of equipment to the project for the time that you need to use that piece of equipment on that specific project. This adds a much more complicated step in the process that is going to be a little bit more difficult, especially if you're handing this system off to an estimator to be able to do this for you. This adds another step in the process that could be overlooked and then you're not assigning that piece of equipment to the project and then this throws off your numbers for that estimate for that project. Whereas if you incorporate equipment into your overhead, you're recouping that cost of that equipment on every single project that you are estimating. And when it comes down to financing, like I was saying, monthly payments for that piece of equipment, if you only use that piece of equipment once a week, and you need to assign that a piece of equipment to that project, you're not making back the full monthly payment for that piece of equipment. Or even worse, if you're inconsistent with the amount of times that you're using that piece of equipment, so maybe one month you don't use that piece of equipment, but the next month you use that piece of equipment uh, five times or a handful of times, you're just being too inconsistent with charging for that piece of equipment and being able to make those monthly payments on that piece of equipment. The argument against that would be that you should only be purchasing pieces of equipment in your business that you're using a set amount of time and be renting the remainder amount of time for that. And when renting, that becomes a cost of sale item, much like materials would. 
the way I look at it is when you're calculating the cost of that piece of equipment and you're only using it once a month, you're going to get more years of use out of it. So you're going to spread that piece of equipment out over a larger time period, which is going to bring down your cost when you're estimating for that piece of equipment. For example, a $100,000 piece of equipment used every single day is going to have less years of use out of it than that same piece of equipment at $100,000 where you're only using it once a month. So your years of use increases, which brings down that total cost for that equipment. Because the calculation for equipment is that purchase price or cost of replacement minus the resale value at the end of its expected life and then divided by the years of use of that piece of equipment. So if we increase the years of use of that equipment, that means the total cost of that equipment comes down when we're actually incorporating it into our overhead. That's the way that I like to go about this. I don't like to have to assign equipment to specific projects to recoup that cost. I want to know that I'm recouping that cost. But this is also a great formula to help you understand whether or not you should purchase that piece of equipment or just rent. Because if you extend those years of use out of a longer period of time and you're able to calculate the cost of replacement or what you paid for that piece of equipment minus the projected resale value at the end of those years of use. And if that amount per year is way far off of your finance amount for that piece of equipment, you may want to look at renting it. For example, just easy numbers here, $100,000 piece of equipment. And let's say it's going to have a resale value of nothing. You're going to use it all the way to the end of its life and you're only going to use it once a month, you might get 10 years of use out of that, just easy numbers, to get $10,000 a year that you're going to recoup for that piece of equipment for your overhead. If your finance amount is much greater than $10,000 over those 10 years, for example, your finance is five years and you need to, you didn't put any down payment on that. So that's 20,000 per year. That's double what you're recouping for that overhead of that 10,000 per year. You may want to then decide to look at renting that piece of equipment or using that equipment more. So quoting jobs that's going to put that piece of equipment to work more to then reduce the years of use you're going to get out of it down to maybe five, which is then that finance amount of five, which brings it down to $20,000 and recouping your complete finance amount of $20,000 for that year. I hope that made sense to you. If it not, reach out to me at How to Hardscape or uh, shoot me a message wherever to talk about that a little bit further there. But that's how I go about understanding whether or not I'm going to rent versus purchase a piece of equipment. And this is why I incorporate equipment as overhead expenses to ensure I'm recouping everything that I need to pay for that piece of equipment on every single project. Furthermore, if you have a large piece of equipment that only gets used rarely in your business, that may you may be looking at a whole completely different division rather than say a hardscape design De built division. You may be looking at like an excavation division in your business. So you maybe when you quote a, an excavation specific project, you might look at separating that from your design build project or division for that. And then what we look at with this is when we quote a project, we take that and divide it by the number of hours that we have in a season. So for example, we said 1600 hours in the season to recoup our costs. 
if our project is going to take 160 hours, that's 10% of our season. So then we would multiply our overhead expenses by 10% or 0 0.10. And if our overhead expenses are $100,000 for the year, then multiplied by 10%, that would be $10,000 that we would assign to that project as our overhead. We would assign that to our labor. And that's how we recover our overhead accurately. This is a completely simple process to be able to say, this is the amount of time as a percentage of our season that we're gonna be on this project for. So we need to recoup that same percentage of our overhead expenses for the season. Where this can go wrong is if you do not accurately budget your overhead expenses. Additionally, where this could go wrong is if your overhead expenses are too high for the market that you're in. But that could be said for any overhead recovery system. For example, if you go out and purchase way more skid steers than you need for your business or brand new trucks and, and dump trucks all around and you have way too much equipment that your business actually uses, you may be overpriced for your market. Now that's a completely different topic that we can get into in the future, cost-based pricing versus market-based pricing, because I've talked to quite a few people on both sides of that argument, but it's always good to calculate your cost-based pricing and compare it to your market, in my opinion, because if your market is much lower than what you're priced, you're either overestimating what your overhead costs are or you've just purchased way too many things for your business, thus overpricing you, or your market could be just way underpriced and you may be looking at getting into a different market or creating brand around your business that has people wanting to hire you and thus making them want to pay more for your services. Brand is a, another topic that we can get into as well in, in how to, um, foster that branding in your business to be able to get those clients that you want in your business and to be able to service those clients that you want and allow you to charge what you want to be worth as a business. You work hard to build a successful business and because of this, it is important to work with companies that you can trust, rely on, and whose missions are to give you the highest quality product and customer support. Low voltage outdoor lighting is one of the easiest ways for you to grow your business and increase revenue. Using lighting can make you more profit, add that wow factor, and make your business stand out. Whether you are already using outdoor lighting in your hardscape projects or not, it's time you check out InLight Outdoor Lighting. As a professional hardscaper, we know that you need efficient installs, less callbacks, and premium products to have a successful and growing business. InLight's got you covered. They've created some of the most premium and unique lighting on the market to make your project stand out and wow your clients with their unmatched light quality. It gets better. InLight has an unbeatable customer support team, provides many educational resources like online and in-person training, installation videos, and so much more. They care about your business growth and will be with you every step of the way. For more information on how InLight can help you grow your business, check them out on Instagram at in light design that's at i n l i t e design on instagram dm them to find out how to put more money in your pocket this season now back to the podcast 
And just to go quickly down this rabbit hole, besides overhead recovery, which we've been talking about, with this pricing, you would then add in your labor, which is a simple calculation of the amount of hours for that project multiplied by whoever's on that project. Where this goes wrong is if you are an owner and you are not incorporating your salary into this calculation, you're doing it wrong. The profit from the business is not your owner's salary. Your owner's salary is on top of that. So you do need to calculate what your salary is worth when I do this. I look at every single function that I do in my business. I add up the amount of hours that I do for each of those functions. For example, salesperson, designer, uh, foreman, whatever. And I then look at my market and what would it cost me to have to go out and uh, outsource these things or to hire somebody to do those. And I add up all of that salary into my salary. So for example, I'm not a 100% 40 hours a week salesperson in my business. Maybe I'm 10 hours a week as a salesperson. I would look at that as a percentage of what a salesperson would cost me and add that salary into my salary to get a good market driven salary for what I'm recouping in my business. Salary would look the exact same way as overhead, where I'm taking a percentage of what that project is, say 10%, 160 hours over 1600 hours that I have recouped my salary, and just take 10% of what my salary is for that project. In addition to that and any hourly labor that you have, you also want to add in a labor burden percentage on top of that. This is for things that you may not know or add in bonuses or things that you do know like payroll taxes on top of that to ensure that you're adding in all of these things that you are making back in your business. Additionally, what we do is we add in an efficiency factor. So for example, we want to take into factor the drive time to the job site and then drive back to the shop at the end of the day for employees to punch out. Those are wasted hours on every single project that you need to add a markup percentage for your labor hours for that. Breaks and lunch, if they're paid for, you want to be able to add in those dead hours for that as well. We do still add a material markup to our materials. And what we do is we base that on the amount of callbacks that we have for those specific materials, not for our workmanship, but say a material cracks over the winter. We go back and we replace that. So how many projects are we needing to do that? on and we work out a markup percentage for each of those materials for example planting material even though we don't do planting material in my business that would have a higher markup because the plants die and for that warranty you'd have to go back and have to replace them so we figure out a uh, markup percentage based on that calculation for this because this markup percentage for materials is not recouping our overhead we've already done that with this overhead recovery system what this markup percentage is incorporating is our warranty on those materials and having to go back and replace any of those broken dead materials. So then with that and adding in our material costs and that also incorporates subcontractors and renting and those materials into this cost of sale item, we then have our cost of sale or our materials. We then have our labor and then we then have our overhead recovery. And with all of this, we then need to factor in our profit percentage, our net profit percentage. So this is after everything has been paid for. What is the business making, which is separate from our owner salary? We add in that profit percentage. I like to think about it this way. I like to uh, in the history of the stock market, 
you could average an 8% in a broad range index fund if you invested into it. And that takes no time of yourself other than having capital. So all that costs you is capital to be able to invest into the stock market. 8% is just a round number to go about it. I've heard higher, but just as a simple number, 8%, as well as a conservative number, 8%, no time required on your part to invest that, just capital. Your business requires capital and your time. You should be making much more than 8%. 10% is the floor for me for net profit percentage. And if you're making 15 to 20%, that's much better. 20%, you're doing really, really well for your business. And profit is a margin, not a markup. So it is not taking a percentage like 10% and marking up your total amount by 1.1, but it is taking the inverse of that and dividing. So if our profit percentage is 10%, that would be the inverse of that would be 0.9. And then we're dividing our total by 0.9. And that's what gives us our margin as opposed to markup. Okay, and that's where I will stop this conversation for this episode. Any questions, like I said, reach out at How to Hardscape on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and putting up with this. If you're interested, How to Hardscape headquarters, once again, members.howtohardscape.com is where you'll find that we're building out not only the software but also training resources for you yourself as the business owner as well as your employees to be able to monitor their progress and be able to level them up within your business that's the entire goal with this software is not only to streamline your processes and businesses through budgeting estimating and so much more but to also create this training resource within your business and we want to say thank you to our sponsors cycle cpa if you need bookkeeping accounting cfo services reach out to cycle cpa let them know how to hardscape sent you for 200 dollars off their services there thank you to enlight outdoor lighting if you're looking to add lighting to your hardscaping business Follow them on Instagram at Inlight Design, I-N-L-I-T-E Design, and GPS Track It. If you're looking for GPS tracking in your hardscaping business, reach out to GPS Track It at gpstrackit.com slash how to hardscape. And we look forward to meeting with you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.